the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to connect to Let's Talk Kingdom Radio Show, where we dive into God's Word and Kingdom topics. Best things we do is give to the needy around us. We are giving to people who are needing groceries and gas to get to work. And as a partner, a percentage of that is going towards people who need it right around us. Come and join me on ltkradio.com. Stay tuned for today's Kingdom Topic. Here's Olivia with today's message. Welcome to Let's Talk Kingdom. My name is Olivia Barrett, and I love hosting this program. It is so much fun to come in and talk about the good things, you know, the places of wonder, what God is doing in Scripture that is connecting us right now in our everyday life to kingdom ideas and kingdom ways of doing things. And so I just want to welcome you because it is so wonderful to get a chance to be here with you to share the things that God is is doing and talking about among us um, and to really share that with others. So it's very exciting. And of course, I would love to see you in our Facebook group. It is where a lot of our conversation continues. Uh, we have fun events in there. We're doing a lot of giveaways, all kinds of things, and would love to have you. It's the Let's Talk Kingdom radio Facebook group. Be sure to click join and you can come in and continue the conversation there. Okay, so I am just really excited. I've already said that, but I want you to know, like, there are times that that God really makes me laugh. Like, he'll put thoughts in my head, and I'll just, I'll be thinking on them, you know, and and then it'll come back, and it's on repeat again, and it's funny. This topic today has been on repeat in my mind for a while now because I get so intrigued, you know, (laughs) like, I get so into how people connect to God's voice. It's been a passion of mine, I mean, my whole life. But when I think about what's happening in Scripture and some of the most um, like standout types of characters that are in there, you know, whether it's based off of their personality or the things that God is having them do or, you know, whatever it is they're facing maybe, I just get really... Um, drawn in. Like I get real connected to how those people are living their life based off of God's voice. And it takes me into this next thought, which um, I may need to pray for us really quick before we head there. But it's this, this thought of God, what happened with Peter and what happened with Paul? Like in their interaction with the voice of God, how it came They were people who were just immediately brought into a place of power and significance and just confidence in how they were speaking about, you know, the work on the cross. And so anyway, I just want to 
I want to talk about that, and let's pray real quick. Okay, so God, thank you so much for bringing me this show and bringing um, listeners, Let's Talk Kingdom, and I pray blessing on all of us, like forwards and backwards, and the coming and the going, that we would be experiencing your voice and kingdom life in such a brand new way that we would be looking forward to kingdom conversation. And so I pray blessing on this today, like our connection to um, how you want us to interact with your voice and and what actually happens in the exchange of spending time with you and being around your presence. And so, God, I just pray that that kind of anointing would be here today, that we would be in a place of recognizing that you are on the move and you have chosen us to be in the middle of that wave. And so bless us, bless our minds, our hearts, our experiences, and that we would be people that recognize the gifts that come from the Holy Spirit and by being in your presence. Um, Thank you so much in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, so um, here's where I want us to talk because it's really an amazing moment for some some guys. I mean, when you're thinking of Peter and you're thinking of Paul, I mean, when you're thinking about kind of their characteristics, you're thinking about the fact that, you know, Peter was somebody who, um, you know, was making mistakes quite often, but it was because he was risking, you know, he was always wanting to say something or do something. And it wasn't necessarily to impress Jesus. It was that he was um, usually very excited and just, and moving forward in something, right? And then you're thinking about Paul and you're thinking of, you know, how passionate he is and how driven he was and the fact that he wanted things to be corrected and right into the old way, you know, so you're seeing both guys and, and at least for me, like I'm seeing that they both are driven people, (laughs) you know, they may not have been driven about the same things, um, for a lot of their lives in comparison, but they, they were driven guys, but they were regular people. I mean, they needed things, they needed sleep, they, you know, they needed food, they, they needed, you know, promotion or acknowledgement. They both needed these types of things. They were human, they were guys. And so, you know, I'm really impressed actually in how um, God interacted with them. So just real quickly, we did this in a, in a program, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and you can actually jump on the podcast there on kdia.com, and you can look on um, the podcast and see, you can scroll through and find this. But, you know, we talked about Peter and just that amazing moment of Pentecost when, you know, he had waited for 10 days. This is after Jesus had ascended, you know, he had given them the good commission, um, talked to them about some amazing stuff there. And and then he ascended and he said, I need you to wait uh, for 10 days. And so he did. And the Holy Spirit was given and the friend came. Right. And they were all just like dripping in the Holy Spirit. Like there was so much activity going on and everybody was speaking in tongues and it was just really magnificent and in the place of where people who didn't know what they had been experiencing or you know those those moments of waiting for the advocate to come they had no idea there were people just going what's happening it was in that moment of peter being filled with this confidence and this power from where he had been that he was able to speak for the first time. Like he was able to just 
tell people what was going on and they could recognize something different with him. And he was moving and speaking in such a connection to God that it was thousands of people that day. I mean, there were so many people that were like, well, I need to do that. I need to become a believer. Like, if that's what he's talking about and that's what's happening to him, I need that too. And, and people were just like, yes. Okay, so this is happening. This was Peter's moment of interaction where he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and he had waited for it, right? But he's moving now in this place, in this creative place inside where he is experiencing this power as he speaks and as he's around people. And and it's, it's, he's changed, right? Like, I mean, he's creating believers all over the place. So, okay, now let's, let's fast forward a little bit. Let's go a little bit further into Acts. It's just a couple of chapters. But Acts 9 is now where Saul... Um, who we know a little bit about. I mean, we don't have a ton of background about him. We know a little bit. And what it is that is so amazing about chapter 9 is that it kind of just, you quickly jump in here. Now, there are a few other references to talk to us about who Saul was and how dedicated he was to the law and the teachers that he had been given along the way and even the choices he had made to try to get people back to the law. And, you know, it's so interesting when I was thinking about um, Paul's interaction and his choices and, and even like, you know, his, his place of job, I mean, what he was doing for a career here and the, you know, the, the placement of, of honor and being, you know, promoted in things. Um, he was doing what he had always been taught, which was basically, you have to follow a certain set of rules, a certain set of way. And because of that, that's going to give you promotion and you're going to be closer to God for doing those things. But what ended up happening is that as he was doing these things, obviously Peter was creating believers and so were the other disciples. And these believers were not speaking of the law anymore. They were speaking of the new way, the way that had been created from the risen Christ. So I want you to see all these connections because it's really pretty amazing. But so um, Saul, who is so driven to get rid of the people who are choosing this new way of life, they're no longer choosing the law. They're no longer holding up the Pharisees and the people who are trying to, you know, keep this law in place. Um, he was he was trying to get them to you know, correct themselves They to, to get them to a place of, we believe that the old law is the way to go. And so here he is, he's on a road with a letter of authority. Now this is huge because this is what he believed to his core to be right, that he would be the main person getting these people back in line. <laughs> Is kind of what he's thinking, right? I mean, it's pretty nuts, but he was so passionate about it that he is saying, I am going to now go to this other place and I'm going to do this to a level that even if the people who claim the new way are going to be persecuted, I'm going to do it because in the end, I believe they will come back to the old law. And this is his focus. Now, I'm saying all these things and I'm recognizing too, like, the, the power that Jesus is getting ready to demonstrate um, and how important it was for what 
um, Saul was determined to do. But, you know, here's this moment. Now, we've read this. I mean, you've seen stories on this. You probably have, like, even <laughs> seen stuff in, in a Sunday school class or a video even that your kids have seen or even a coloring page. I mean, you've seen this moment. So let me read this part to you because it's just so good. It's Acts chapter 9, and it's Saw, Saw, why persecuteth me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, who thou persecuting, and it's hard for thee. And he's basically saying, this is a personal thing to me. Now, let me let me talk to you real quick about something that is really mind-blowing about this interaction. Now, as I was saying, that Paul was pretty focused on trying to get people back into the old law. In his head, it was just a choice. He didn't actually think that it was an interaction where something was changing on the inside. He didn't believe any of that. Now, if you have known this, I mean, maybe you did. He had never met this man. He had only heard of him. And he saw the ripple effects of what Jesus had done while he was alive. And then he saw what had happened after Jesus was dead. And, you know, to Paul, sorry, I keep saying that, to Saul, this is Saul, we're still in the name of Saul, uh, <laughs> Saul uh, is seeing this and saying, I have got to be the one to help change this back. Okay, so if you're hearing me in that. So when Saul is on this road to make another place connected to the old law and that people would just make that choice coming back to an old way, this is the intersection. This is such a beautiful point. I love this. And I mean, it does say in scripture, and it's I think right before this, that there was a light from heaven. There are other translations that say a blinding light. And there were some other translations that say it was a light all around. Like, okay, so obviously what it's saying to you is that it was something so bright that it stopped them immediately where they were. They couldn't see any further, and it was so bright, it actually made them get closer to the ground because they couldn't get their bearings. They didn't even know where they were. And, you know, I, I just thought that picture is really interesting. So, you know, even if he's touching the ground and he's on his knees or squatting, um, this is the light from heaven. And if you have heard this before, I want to say this to you because it's a, a really beautiful moment. But what this is describing is, is absolutely the risen Christ. Because in scripture, it says that the light of heaven is Jesus. So, okay, in this moment, the Bible is describing that there is light coming from heaven. Well, that's because Jesus is not on the earth right now, right? Like, He's already ascended. And so it's kind of like, you know, this little place where heaven just kind of opened up and peeked through, right? <laughs> call it a portal, call it a little, you know, just a little opening right there where heaven is now visible. Okay, so wow, think of this encounter where Saul, who was completely just focused, going through his plan, taking those steps, right? He is encountering the risen Christ in the power of the risen Christ. Like, because Jesus is in heaven right now. He's already risen. He already visited a bunch of people to prove that. A lot of people have experienced the Holy Spirit. And now here is Saul experiencing the risen Christ from heaven. 
So that power, as he comes onto Saul, he is making it personal. And this is the moment where it's like that inaudible connection between what's happening in Saul and what's happening, you know, with Jesus is this place of awareness and, and, and full surrender. I mean, it's all happening at the exact same time. And, you know, Jesus is the only one who has that kind of power, who can do that kind of work in just a few minutes. But when, when Jesus said, why are you doing this to me? It was in that moment that Saul recognized he was meeting the Christ. He was meeting the Christ for the very first time. And the reason why he, I say that, like that he's knowing this, is because he is saying, you know, he said, who art thou? Meaning like, I don't, I, I've never met you, but I know you are really important because you are now connecting me to what I'm trying to do here to you. And in that spot, he is turning over inside. He is recognizing that his way is not going to, it, like it doesn't need to go that way anymore. And he's having this place of, okay, Lord, well, what would you have me do? Now, what would you have me do, sir? Like, that's actually what he's saying there. It's, it's a place of honor to call him Lord because he doesn't know that he's Lord. He just knows that, that he is persecuting the person who is talking to him. Wow. So in all the people that he has actually been persecuting and then focused on where he's going next, he recognizes that it's all connecting to one person. And that person is speaking to him and making it personal and saying, why are you doing this? Because you are doing this to me. All right. Wow. So then Saul, in the moment that he is saying, like, who are you? He is not necessarily saying, like, um, I don't know you. He is saying, I've never met you. So I need you to tell me what to do. And it is this place of um, Saul is saying, I am going whatever way you say to go. Like, I'm going to do whatever you say to do. Because there is no one I've ever encountered that would take on the weight of saying that what I've done is on them. Like, because see, that happened. That happened in that moment. When he said what you're doing, you were doing this to me. So, like, Saul for the first time heard that. Like, that's hitting me, too. Like, he heard that for the first time. Like, what I'm doing to all these people, I'm doing it to you. Like, I'm doing it to this man right here. And this man is saying, I don't want you to do this anymore. Like, why are you doing this? And it was this, this recognize, like, he was recognizing on the inside that what he was trying to do in correcting people back into an old way was actually going on to this one man. The power of the risen Christ is literally saying to Saul, I am taking on myself what you are doing to the church. Now, I know you can hear it. Can you hear it when I'm saying that? Like, it's not just the place of, like, this is a personal thing that's happening. It's like all at once he is saying, I am taking this to the cross and it's gone. Like, it's dead. Like, you actually can be free of this. Um, it's all happening within that interaction. And wow, like I'm hearing that for the first time too. Like this place of, um, you know, 
when Jesus is saying, why are you doing this to me? And Saul is recognizing that everything that he did that he thought was right, that is hurting people and killing people and giving permission to kill others. And then the authority that he has to do that and how he's training others to do that. All of it, Jesus is taking that personal, like he's taking it on himself so that it would be no longer what Saul has to carry around. And I'm telling you, I think that's where the transformation happened for Saul, where he is recognizing that if Jesus is going to say this is personal, like what you're doing is personal, then that means that he is saying that from the perspective of the risen Christ. He is saying that from the place of you are doing things that I now take on myself, but because I died and I am now risen, I'm in heaven and I'm risen and I carry that power, you no longer have to carry that weight. And and he is sitting here receiving that because he he says immediately, what would you have me do? Like, what would you have me, you know, do next? It's this this place of action. And it's this place of, I am going your way. <laughs> like, I'm going to go your way. This encounter is just, you know, turning everything the way it should. And there's so much freedom and, and recognition of who you are now based off of um, how, you know, horrible I am. And then these choices and then the hurt and in the pain and in the striving, right? And so all that interaction is happening. And it's great because... Um, <laughs> You know, Jesus is so good in knowing what to say, when to say it. But what he tells Saul in that moment is, I, I need you to keep moving forward. Like, isn't that right? Because he said, I still need you to go to Damascus. You need to keep moving forward. Um, so I love that picture. Like, keep going. But it's actually going to look different when you get there, is what he's saying. And so... Um, when you get there, um, I'll, I'll send, you know, people to tell you what it is that you're going to be doing next. And, of course, that leads right into the story of, you know, Ananias hearing about Saul and then just being faithful and going to Saul and laying his hands on him um, so that then these scales fall off his eyes, which is very symbolic. And we can talk about that later for sure. But then um, at that place, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So, so this power. So it's like, wow. So if we could talk about that, like, you know, here he is and he's in this moment where he's like, okay, so the Jesus, the risen Christ, like the encounter I just had, I may be blind, but he said to keep moving forward. So I'm going to keep moving forward blind. I've got, you know, people who are going to guide me, but I'm going to do precisely what the Christ just told me to do. And that's what he said. Um, it's actually in chapter 26, Acts 26, when he is giving his testimony to like a ruler, he ends up saying that. Um, and this is Paul. He ends up saying, um, you know, my encounter with the light from heaven, I asked what I was to do. And then I did exactly what he said. And so, you know, if you could think of this, like, you know, him being blind, I mean, obviously, probably first time blind, he's completely blind. He's had this encounter, he's completely changed on the inside, because of his encounter with the risen Christ. And what it means that, you know, he's recognized he no longer is having to be accountable for the things that he's done like Jesus has taken that personal and now it's on the cross and been risen so it's free okay all that connected 
you know, into this place of he's going to Damascus and he's going to wait. So he walked the journey blind, but he did have to keep moving forward. Isn't that fantastic? But then as he had to wait, his encounter with Christ didn't stop. Like it just kept going and going in the depths of the things that he wanted to, to know and be cleansed from. The ability to understand a risen life. I mean, you can read you can read what Paul wrote in the Bible to know that he encountered a risen life in those three days, right? So anyway, all that to say, we, we don't have record of the actual conversations he had with Jesus. But you know this because of who he was almost immediately. And so this is great. I mean, immediately after, you know, he could see again um, and was filled with the Holy Spirit. His connection to Peter, again, is so amazing because he begins to preach. I mean, as soon as he knows... <laughs> where he's going and what he's supposed to be doing, he goes out and starts talking and sharing and people become believers and they're really weirded out by the fact that the man who was coming to persecute them is the very man who is speaking of the risen Christ, like the power of the risen Christ and people are blown away of his experience. So they're becoming believers, right? Sometimes you meet an organization that is taking these big ideas and making them simple and tangible for people in need. And I want to introduce you to one of these organizations. Mulberry International is still caring and helping for people in the Ukraine. And they are focusing their efforts on getting kids back into school. There are actually Ukrainian students who are able to go to some of the schools that are still standing. And so they are helping to get school supplies and backpacks and clothes and shoes. So I would love for you to be one of the people that helps these kids get back on their feet. And let's send them to school with the right supplies that they need. You can go to mulberryinternational.org and decide to give a gift for back to school. You can give a gift of $35, $50, or $100. It would actually help care for somebody in Ukraine or an orphan who's been moved to Germany. Let's be kingdom people that respond in tangible ways. Thanks for being here today. Thanks again for connecting to Let's Talk Kingdom Radio. We will see you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.